Our scripture reading today is Revelation 22:14. Blessed are they that do his commandments that they may have right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city. Today our um, our joy is to have Steve Wolberg again here. He's a man that's come out of great tribulation. Um, you know his story. He's going to tell you a little bit about it shortly. He was um, immersed in Hollywood. He was immersed in evil. His mouth frequently had curse words. He knew nothing about salvation. He was a secular Jew. One day in Hollywood, he happened to just pick up a Bible. The Holy Spirit had to be in that room when that happened because he started reading. He started reading of all places in Ecclesiastes, and he'll tell you about it shortly. Ecclesiastes, what a, what a book to start reading in. If you're going to open the Holy Scriptures, you might think of John, the first few pages of John. You might think of some of the Gospel writers or Romans or someplace, but it, his Bible literally fell open to Ecclesiastes, and it changed his life. He started reading voraciously in the scriptures, and as we've so often said, he bathed his mind in scripture. And out of that has come his modern-day ministry, the White Horse Media. And it comes from Revelation 6, where it speaks of the horses and the white horse. Um, His ministry now goes around the world. He's published 15 books. He's been interviewed many times on news media outlets. He publishes all kinds of different uh, publications that has gone throughout this earth. Steve Wolberg is very soft-spoken, but very powerful. And last week we we heard him talk about when you're reading scripture, there's two ways to do it. You can water ski over the surface or you can deep dive down into scripture. Steve tends to deep dive. And uh, now we have uh, the judgment as it, the judgment of God, but the gospel is also there as more important. And Steve talks from his own experience. There's an old hymn called The Judgment Has Set, and these are some of the words. The judgment has set, and the books have been opened. How shall we stand in that great day? When every thought and word and action, God, the righteous judge, shall weigh. How shall we stand in that great day? How shall we stand in that great day? Shall we be found before him wanting or with our sins all washed away? Thank you for joining me today. I'm Steve Wahlberg, and we are going to have a powerful Bible study from God's book, especially from the book of Revelation, dealing with the topic of judgment. We have been uh, discussing on previous programs from the book of Revelation a message referred to as the message of the three angels. These messages are found in Revelation chapter 14. Revelation 14 verses 6 and 7 gives the first angel's message. Verse 8 describes the second angel's message about the fall of Babylon And the wine of Babylon, verse 9, talks about a third angel's message uh, warning the world about the beast, the image, and the mark of the beast. 
Verse 12 talks about saints who keep God's commandments and have the faith of Jesus. And then verse 14 talks about Jesus Christ coming on a white cloud to reap the final harvest of the earth. We have been zeroing in on some of the details of these messages, these inspired messages, these God-appointed messages. And now we're going to zero in on verse 7. Uh, Revelation 14:6. we talked about this in the last program, talks about the everlasting good news of Jesus Christ to be preached to those that dwell upon the earth, to every nation, tribe, tongue, and people, to the whole world. It's a global message. And then verse 7 says, saying with a loud voice, fear God and give glory to him for the hour of his judgment is come. The hour of his judgment is is come. That's what Revelation 14 verse 7 says. Now let's let's talk about this. Let's just bring out some points. If you have your Bible, I encourage you to follow along with me and take a look so you know that this is not these are not the ideas of Steve Wahlberg. This is God's God's message. It's a revelation right from his book. Uh, first of all, this phrase, the hour of his judgment is come. This is part of the first angel's message. We see that clearly by reading verses 6 and 7 of Revelation 14. We also see that this announcement that we are now living in the hour of God's judgment, that this announcement goes on at the same time as the everlasting gospel is being preached to those that dwell upon the earth. In other words, while the good news is going out while things are still happening on, on planet Earth, while people are still living and making decisions for or against Jesus. That's when the announcement is made that there is an hour of judgment going on and that it has come. Now, obviously, if the gospel is being preached upon the Earth at this time, uh, this judgment is taking place in heaven. And the people of the Earth are being judged. Uh, it also says that the hour of the hour of judgment is come. Now, this does not mean that it's it's a literal 24-hour period. Uh, it takes a lot longer for the gospel to be preached to the whole world. So, when it says hour, this is talking about a time period, a symbolic time period that runs concurrently with the preaching of the gospel on the earth. While that's happening down here, the announcement is made, there's an hour of judgment that we have entered into that is going on up there, uh, up, in, up in heaven. It also takes place before the return of Jesus Christ, because verse 14 tells us, I looked and behold a white cloud, and upon the cloud one sat like the Son of Man. So there's an announcement of a special judgment time that takes place before Jesus comes again. Uh, there, there are many phases of judgment when you read the Bible carefully. There was a judgment that occurred at the cross. When Jesus died, uh, Jesus said that the prince of this world is, is judged. Satan was judged at Calvary. And then there's another judgment, another judgment phase called the hour of judgment that, according to Revelation 14, 7, is come, has come in the final days while the gospel is still being preached all around the world. And then there's a final phase what what they deserve. That's a judgment we certainly don't want to have anything to do with. And so there's a judgment that goes on before the second coming. And that judgment is a judgment that determines who's ready, that will make the decisions who are the real 
true followers of Jesus Christ, who are those who have fully accepted the everlasting gospel, who are those that are following God's word. So when you read the text and just put the pieces together, we we know that the hour of judgment is part of the first angel. It is announced while the gospel is being preached upon the earth. Uh, it is a judgment that goes on in heaven. It is a during for a special uh, symbolic time period. It takes place before the second coming, and it determines who will be ready for Jesus' return. This is what the Bible says when you just look at it point by point. And this is not something that most people understand. Most people don't know about this. They don't know that we're in the hour of judgment. And the reason is because they're not reading their Bibles. They're not reading the book of Revelation. They're not studying uh, carefully on their knees. They're not praying. They're not seeking God. They're seeking a lot of other things, especially television programs. I don't know if you know this or not, but guess what is the number one best-selling and most popular book that is now being read on planet Earth? Well, sadly, it's not this book. It is the TV guide. That's what most people are reading a lot more than they're reading this book. And so they don't know what the Bible says about judgment, about the day of judgment, about the hour of judgment. But those of us that are, are serious about our relationship with God, who really want to prepare for eternity, we need to take a look at this. We need to look at it right there, and we need to understand what the hour of judgment means, what it's all about. Judgment is mentioned many times in the Bible. It's not just in the book of Revelation. In fact, Jesus Christ referred to judgment, the day of judgment, numerous times. I'll just share a couple of texts with you, and then we'll go to the Old Testament and take a look at another couple of verses in the book of Ecclesiastes, which was actually the first Bible book that I ever read when I first started reading this book when I was 20 years old. In Matthew chapter 11, verses 20 through 24, Jesus warned certain cities that had heard his preaching, that listened to him and saw his miracles, but didn't accept him. In verse 21, he warned about Chorazin and Bethsaida. He said, if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, these were ancient cities, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. But I say to you, Jesus said, it will be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon at the day of judgment than for you. In verse 23, he continued and said, You Capernaum, this was another city that he spent a lot of time in, you are exalted to heaven, but you'll be brought down to hell. For if the mighty works which have been done in you had been done in Sodom, it would have remained until this day. But I say to you that it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom in the day of judgment than for you. So Jesus Christ certainly uh, believed in a future day of judgment, and he warned those cities. He said it will be more bearable for other ancient cities than for them in the day of judgment. Uh, in Matthew chapter 12, Jesus probably said one of the most solemn things he, he'd ever said about, about the judgment. In verse 36, Matthew 12:36, Jesus said, I say to you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. So Jesus Christ very clearly said there would be a day of judgment, and in that day people will be accountable for even the things that they say. 
And there's other things that we're going to be accountable for. And we'll uh, take a look at a few verses when we come back. But I want to impress you with Revelation 14, verse 7. Uh, the Bible says we are now living in the hour of God's judgment. It is time for us to uh, look square in the face, look at the Bible, look at God's truth, look at the Lord, and make sure that we're on his side. We can't afford to make any mistakes. We don't want to be lost in the hour of God's judgment. Revelation 14, verse 7 says, Fear God and give glory to him, for the hour of his judgment is come. We've been analyzing this phrase, the hour of his judgment is come. We've seen that this is part of the first angel's message in Revelation chapter 14. We've seen that uh, this announcement about an hour of judgment coming takes place while the gospel is being preached upon the earth. That's what verse 6 says. We've seen that it takes place uh, in heaven and that, uh, that it occurs before Jesus Christ comes again. And that coming is described in Revelation 14, verse 14. So we're now living in the hour of God's judgment. Uh, this is a time that we need to, when we need to think more seriously about our souls. We need to think more seriously about, about eternity. Uh, we need to not be so caught up in uh, the things of this world. People are all absorbed in sports, basketball, football, baseball, uh, the Super Bowl. But we need to think more about the hour of God's judgment and about where we will stand uh, with the Lord uh, on that great day. In our last segment, we looked at some of the things that Jesus Christ said about the judgment. In Matthew 11 and in Matthew chapter 12, Jesus clearly said that there would be a day of judgment when people would be held accountable for even even the words that they say, their idle words, things that they don't even think about. Uh, Jesus is going to take all of these things into account in the hour of God's judgment. Uh, in the book of Ecclesiastes, there's a couple of very powerful passages that talk about the day of judgment that really impressed me when I first uh, was in the process of becoming a Christian. Uh, I've been a Christian for 28 years, and the first book I ever read was Ecclesiastes. Uh, I was a lost soul in the Hollywood area, just completely mixed up and picked up the Bible for the first time in my life. And this was the first book that, uh, that God spoke to me about. In Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 9, this is one of the verses that I read, Rejoice, O young man, in your youth, and let your heart cheer you in the days of your youth. Walk in the ways of your heart and in the sight of your eyes. But know that for all these things, God will bring you into judgment. Uh, this verse stung me. Ouch. Uh, I was living in the Hollywood area, just doing anything and everything uh, that wasn't, wasn't good. And God spoke to me that God will bring me into judgment. And I was supposed to know it. And it, it talked to me and it, it sobered me up. Uh, in verse or chapter 12, verse 13 and 14, Solomon said, Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God, which is what Revelation 14, 7 says. Fear God, we're in the hour of judgment. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. This is a powerful set of scriptures, verse 13 and 14. It tells us that uh, 
our whole duty before God is to keep his commandments. God's commandments is the standard in the judgment. And then verse 14 says God is going to bring two things, every work into judgment, and the works refer to our outward actions, the things that we do. And then it says, with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. Uh, the secret things apply to the things that that are, are happening on the inside, that are happening inside of our minds, in our hearts. They have to do with our motives and our desires and, and the reasons why we do what we do, and even our attitudes. And so God, it's a solemn thought that God is going to take our works and even our secret things, and he's going to bring them all into the judgment, and then he's going to uh, determine, based upon the standard of his law, whether those things are good or whether they are evil. Solemn thought. When I, when I first became a Christian, the Lord convicted me about the big things in my life. Uh, I've actually written my story story up. Uh, it's actually recently also been translated into German, which was amazing. They sent me a copy of it. It's called From Hollywood to Heaven, uh, the German publisher. And it describes what my life used to be like many, many years ago. Uh, I, I certainly wasn't into into television uh, as far as talking about God. I didn't know anything about God. I was a lost soul. I was uh, a very secular Jew. I was uh, absorbed in um, smoking pot and going to discos, and I was a, a John Travolta wannabe and um, you know, just carefree, carefree living. And when I first began to read the Bible, especially Ecclesiastes, and then step by step, God began to talk to my heart. Uh, he began to convict me about my works, about my actions, about the big things that I was doing, about the pot smoking, and about the discos, and the wild living, and the uh, snorting of cocaine, and taking of LSD, and smoking angel dust, and um, I mean, I can go on and on, and I'm not proud of my, my past, and, and God began to convict me about these, these works, about my, my filthy mouth. I used to curse and swear, and I used to say all kinds of things that I, that I wouldn't say anymore. And then as I started reading and God began to convict me and eventually when I discovered the gospel, the everlasting gospel of Jesus Christ, he forgave my sin, my sins. And, and, and the big things that I was doing, the, the works, the major things, uh, he, he took those things away. And so I stopped going to the discos. I stopped drinking alcohol. And, and uh, God cleaned up my mouth and I stopped swearing. But as time went on, he, he began to go deeper. The Holy Spirit began to move deeper into my heart. and He began to convict me of other things, of, of attitudes that I wasn't aware of, uh, prejudices that I had against certain kinds of people, about attitudes, and, um, and even, my, even my desires, things that I wanted to do that, that weren't right. So God went from the works to the secret things, and the Holy Spirit went deeper and deeper and deeper. Uh, I remember one time, right after I became a Christian, I was uh, staying in a certain building, going to school, and I went downstairs, and there was a jacuzzi, and I, um, I was reading a, a chapter in a certain book that I was reading, a Christian book about, about the Day of Judgment, and I read Ecclesiastes. This verse was quoted, and I read about God judging my works and my secret things, and the Holy Spirit just went deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper into my soul. And I remember uh, sitting in this jacuzzi one night all by myself, uh, nobody was around, and I remember just the Spirit convicting me deeper and deeper and deeper that, uh, 
that I really was a sinner. I mean, even though I had asked Jesus to come into my life, uh, God still had a lot of work to do in me. And I, I remember seeing my whole life flash before my eyes and seeing the whole thing just uh, right there and realizing how solemn the day of judgment was. And uh, you may not believe this, but it's true that I, at that moment, I just sprang out of the jacuzzi and I got on the hard concrete right around that pool on my knees with my swim trunks on and, uh, and I, I prayed underneath the stars. And I, I just confessed deeper and deeper and deeper and said, Lord, forgive me for this and this and this and even my attitudes and my motives and whatever God was showing me, uh, the conviction just, just deepened. Uh, and then I, I, I was impressed even more strongly with where my hope was. That even though I was a sinner and even though uh, God's work was going deep in my soul, convicting me about the Day of Judgment, that there was uh, abundant hope for me, abundant hope. And that hope was in was in my Savior. It's amazing when you read Revelation 14 and you read about the hour of judgment, as I mentioned before, the announcement that the hour of judgment has come goes on at the same time that the everlasting good news of Jesus Christ is to be preached to those that dwell upon the earth. Revelation 14.6 describes the gospel. Revelation 14.7 describes the hour of judgment. And, and uh, I learned, and I'm so thrilled that I have a chance to share this with you right now, I learned that my hope in the hour of judgment, as God is convicting me of my works and my secret things, my hope is the gospel. My hope is Jesus. And I still remember to this day, it was 28 years ago when it happened, I, I was on my knees and I was praying under the stars and asking Jesus to cleanse me, to forgive me, to wash me uh, white as snow. And at the same time that I was convicted of my sin, at the same time, I, I experienced this blessing, this forgiveness, this wave of mercy wash over me. And I knew that Jesus was my Savior. I knew that he loved me. I knew that he cared for me. I knew that he died for me, that he rose again for me. And I knew that I had the assurance of eternal life. And that's the assurance that God wants to give you today. Uh, let him convict you and move you and bring you to the cross so he can wash you in the midst of this hour of God's judgment. Once again, Revelation 14, verse 7, announces to the world right now, fear God and give glory to him for the hour of his judgment is come. I believe with all my heart, I believe this for 28 years, that we are now living in the hour of God's judgment, that this is the time when we need to take very seriously the salvation of our souls and make sure that there's nothing in between us and our Savior. Uh, I referred a little while ago to the words of a famous hymn called The Judgment Has Set. And it says that the judgment has set and the books have been opened. How shall we stand in that great day when every thought and word and action God, the righteous judge, shall weigh? How shall we stand in that great day? How shall we stand in that great day? Shall we be found before him wanting or with our sins all washed away. And we are now in that day. According to God's book, according to Revelation 14, 7, God's message for us is that that hour of judgment is here. And I mentioned in the last segment that the beauty of the book of Revelation is that it's so balanced, it's, so, it's just so powerful that in the midst of warning about judgment, God then gives us the offer of his mercy. 
Revelation 14.7 refers to the judgment, and Revelation 14.6 refers to the everlasting gospel, which means the good news of Jesus Christ. I've been to London one time. I had the privilege of touring Europe, and I was had a big seminar in Russia, came back from Russia, toured Europe for two weeks, and went to London. Uh, I didn't see this particular place, but I've heard about it. It's, uh, it's called the Royal Mint of London. And I've been told that this is where they, they coin money uh, for, for, the, for the British Isles. And I've been told that if you take a tour through that facility, uh, right in the middle of it, you'll see uh, a very sophisticated measuring device. It's actually a scale. It's one of those balancing scales that has two sides and the little chains on the one side, and this is where, on both sides, and this is where they put uh, the different amounts of money to weigh them to make sure that they are exactly right, exactly the right, the right uh, weight. And I've been told that those that go through a tour of the Royal Mint of London can actually see a demonstration of this, that if, uh, if the tour guide goes to this device and takes one small piece of paper and then another small piece of paper, and if they're exactly the same size and same weight, and, he, and if you put them on each one of the scales, the scales will balance out perfectly. And then if, you, if he were to take one of those pieces of paper and take a, a pen or a pencil and just very lightly write his or her name and then put that piece of paper back on the scale, then the scale will go like this. It'll drop down immediately because the weight of a signature uh, written by a pen or a pencil is enough to tip the scale. Dear friend, there's an amazing lesson for us in that. Uh, our lives are being weighed in this hour of God's judgment. Uh, every work, every secret thing, every everything we do. Uh, somebody once said, you can fool some of the people some of the time, but you can't fool all the people all the time. But there is someone that we can't fool at any time, and that someone is God. God knows everything about you, about me, about all of us. He knows what we do in, in the dark. He knows what we do in the light. He knows everything. And the, the big question is, the eternal question is, how can we find hope in the hour of judgment, in, this, in the final day of judgment? How will we stand on that great day? Well, here's the answer. Just like a signature of someone's name in pencil is enough to tip the scales, the glorious, powerful, wonderful, life-changing, eternal truth of this book is that the signature of the Lord Jesus Christ on your life and on my life is enough to tip the scales in our favor for eternity. If we will confess our sins, if we'll honestly get on our knees and tell God everything we know and confess our life, our, our works, our secret things, everything, if we'll just really deal squarely and honestly with him. And then if we'll trust Jesus Christ as our personal Savior and embrace him, embrace his gospel and invite him into our souls, uh, he has promised that not only will he forgive us, but he will change our lives. God loves you. God wants you. Jesus died for you. His signature on your life will give you a good night's sleep and give you the assurance that you will pass God's judgment. I encourage you, don't wait another moment. Give your life to Jesus today. We're in the hour of 
God's judgment, and now's the time to make uh, our, our eternity certain through our faith and our trust and our full surrender to the Lord Jesus Christ. Our Lord, as we look at ourselves, it's hard to understand how we could be saved. But as we look at Jesus, it's hard to understand how we could be lost. May we look forward to the day, the gleams of the golden morning, and go home with you forever. And as we leave this place, let us remember we are now entering the mission field. In Jesus' name, amen.